Welcome to Travel with Stephanie Abrams. We are about to have a jolly good hour exploring a bit around one of my very favorite states. And that is the state of, actually it's one of the four commonwealths in America. Um, Unless I've made a terrible error. I'm pretty sure it's the Commonwealth of Virginia, like the Commonwealth of Massachusetts and Pennsylvania. And if memory serves me, I think it's Kentucky that's the other Commonwealth, but I'll have to check that. Uh, Maybe uh, one of the producers, you want to check and find out what the four Commonwealths are and see if I have messed up on the fourth one. You know, we live in Western Massachusetts where the highest summit in the Commonwealth of Massachusetts is Mount Greylock. And they say from on a clear day from the top of Mount Greylock, which you can only visit in pretty much months that don't have an R. <laughs> Actually, you can get up there September and October, but they usually close in mid-October because we can get snow up there. And the last thing you want to do is be on those little skinny winding roads around the mountaintop of Mount Greylock in a snowstorm. Or even, you know, a whiteout, which we once drove in. We didn't realize there was a cloud sitting over the top of Mount Greylock and got caught in that. But they say you can see five states from the top of Greylock. And I like to tell the uninformed that the five states you can see from the top of Mount Greylock in Massachusetts are, of course, Massachusetts, New York, Connecticut, Vermont, and Nevada. And every once in a while, like when my husband would tell um, a neophyte waitstaff person that he's ordering swordfish and please tell the chef he wants the end cut with the sword in it, (laughs) I had to impose on his good nature never to do that again. He almost got one of those people fired. (laughs) Terrible thing to do to somebody. But um, some people laugh and realize you can't see Nevada from Massachusetts. (laughs) And others give me the, really? Actually, um, it would be New Hampshire would be the fifth state. But uh, there are things that New England has in various different places, like the ocean shoreline, like colonial restored villages, um, like great history, like beautiful scenery, mountains and valleys and rivers and the like, that Virginia has all tied together with a ribbon on top in one state. It's just a great place to visit. And another thing that's wonderful about it, um, like when we're talking about Ireland, where you know you drive ten minutes and you you're at another charming village and attraction or whatever, you don't have to drive hours and hours or hundreds of miles to get to the next place that has something you'd be interested in visiting. The Commonwealth of Virginia just is bubbling over with gorgeous scenery, beautiful views. Great food. Hang out near the Chesapeake and get your crabs there, people. 
all you people in other parts of America and the world for that matter, you don't know what crabs are unless you're eating Chesapeake Bay crabs, says a Marylander herself. And aside from, you know, great food and friendly people um, and amazing American colonial history and Civil War history and just history in general and beaches, it's just, it really is an incredible state. And if you live anywhere just north, just south, just west of Virginia, it's an easy place to get to. Lots of great road systems. Uh, but you're going to want to, like visiting small European countries, you're going to want to get on a lot of the country roads and meander through places where, you know, you're going from one town and village to another and, you know, you're getting to stop at interesting inns and taverns and bistros and restaurants to eat. And a good place to start, which is, I'm going to say, if memory serves me right, because I've driven it a lot of times, when you leave Washington, D.C. and you're going southward, I think it's 120 miles. I'm almost positive it's a two-hour drive and you can take I-95 south and you'll be in Richmond before you know it. Um, which is a good thing to do if you're traveling in the evening, if it's dark and you can't see anything anyway, and you're making a beeline for your next destination and a, a place to stay that's going to fit my mission. And my mission is to introduce you to destinations and suppliers and travel in those destinations that I believe if you go there, you will come home enriched, enhanced, inspired, and uplifted, and somehow know you're a better person because of the experience. Now, in today's environment, we need to look at how to travel safely more than anything else. And you know, since before Thanksgiving, when some fellow with great authoritative voice was on TV and radio telling everyone, do not travel. I think that was an over-engineered statement. I think the statement should have been, do not travel in crowds. Do not travel in congested areas. Maybe it's not your best bet to go to a super busy airport in a full plane and go somewhere. Although many airlines are talking about what they are doing to assure safety with ventilation systems and people wearing multiple layers of masks and whatever. For me, the biggest coward on the face of the earth who won't go anywhere unless I am assured I come back the same or better. I'd feel real comfortable getting in my own car and taking a road trip. I'd even feel real comfortable doing what I do at home. Place my order with a local supermarket where you can order online, pay online, pull up, call a telephone number, leave your windows closed, pop your trunk for, without ever getting out of the car, let them put the food in the trunk, close the lid of the trunk, and off you drive, and you either... If you're in transit and you're really worried about staying safe, eat in your car. Travel with your own 
disinfecting kit of hand wipes and hand gel and wipes that you use to sanitize everything that just got put in your trunk before you touch it. Latex gloves, face masks. It sounds like, you know, everything but the hazmat suit. But you know what? If you really want to go someplace for business or pleasure, then that's the way you have to do it. And you have to connect with places to stay where you have confidence they are deep cleansing, disinfecting, and caring about the safety of their staff and their guests. And I know from speaking with hoteliers all over the world, they are knocking themselves out, beefing up their cleaning regimens to disinfect and create as much of a contactless experience for check-in, even suggesting that after you check in, you might want to just ask that towels be left for you hanging from the doorknob or sitting out in front of your room and don't have housekeeping come in while you're in residence. There's a whole spectrum of opportunities. And now with people already being inoculated, vaccinated um, to prevent coming down with COVID-19, at least the, we have, I have the feeling the light at the end of the tunnel is not a train coming at us. But I don't think the answer is just stay home. And now part of our normal, what's in the trunk of our car on a daily basis, there's a picnic blanket, there's a, a picnic hamper, there are sanitizing items, so if we are out and about, stopping at the bank, the post office, the supermarket, all contactless, and we decide, let's go take a drive over to this place or that place on a pretty day, even in the winter in the mountains of Western Massachusetts, then we have everything we need. And we can just stop somewhere and have a bite and if we got far enough away that we had to overnight, I'd want to do my due diligence talking with the general manager of the hotel or whatever the lodging facility is and find out if I can feel confident that staying there is going to be a healthy experience. So in the vein of Stay and Play USA, um, I thought going down the list of some of my favorite places to go, we talk with somebody in Virginia. And we're going to be talking with the general manager of the Quirk Hotel in Richmond that was brought to my attention by a very dear friend who used to work for me and report to me. He worked his way in the marketing department at my last travel industry company. Um, from um, a new hire to director of marketing uh, in the marketing department. His name is Bill Bryan. I love him dearly. And in a recent message to me at Facebook, he said he lives in Richmond and there's a hotel you really need to share with your audience. And having great confidence in him, we've got waiting to talk with us Nico Sherman, the general manager 
of the Quirk Hotel in Richmond after this. We'll be right back. It's Travel with Stephanie Abrams. On the line with us live from Richmond, Virginia, as part of our Stay and Play USA focus, is the general manager of the Quirk Hotel, Q-U-I-R-K, in Richmond, that was brought to my attention by a local resident of the area, a fellow named Bill Bryan. Um, Bill worked his way up from a new entry into the marketing department of my last company to director of marketing. And as I have said to him in the past and some others in that company who I was responsible for making the decision on hiring, Bill was one of my best decisions. Great guy. And um, we truly became friends long, even lasting long after I was no longer associated with the company. And neither was he. <laughs> and um, in a, he's one of my Facebook friends. Bill dropped me a note uh, around Christmas, New Year's time. And in it, he said, you know, when my family wants to celebrate a benchmarking occasion uh, in the community, one of the places high on our list to go is the Quirk Hotel. And you all really ought to get to know more about them. And your audience will appreciate it. He was sure. And I have complete confidence in Bill's sophisticated, critical judgment. Um, he has um, an eye for the finer things in life. And in keeping with my mission of wanting to get you information about places that I have come to believe you will return home from, should you go there, enriched, enhanced, inspired, and uplifted, and somehow know you're a better person for the experience. So we have on the line waiting to speak with us, Nico Sherman, the Quirk Hotel's general manager. Thank you so much for making time for us in your busy schedule, Nico. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you for having me. So let's first talk about you. Uh, by what path did you arrive in Richmond, Virginia, at the Quirk Hotel? What is your background in the travel industry? Well, I, I've been a hotelier for, for many years. Um, my primary focus uh, over the last, uh, call it two decades, has primarily been food and beverage. Uh, I was the, uh, most recently prior to, to coming to Virginia, I was in, in the Chicago area at the Hyatt headquarters, uh, as the luxury lifestyle uh, director of food and beverage for the Americas. So I had territory ranging from Canada to uh, really to Argentina and everything in between. Wow. Uh, so I spent a lot of time uh, traveling uh, around the Western Hemisphere uh, in support of uh, our Hyatt hotels primarily. Wow. Uh, prior to that, I, I was in the field many years uh, working in various hotels. Uh, prior to Hyatt, I worked for Four Seasons, and I started my uh, hotel career at, uh, at a resort in Southern California, 
which is, I believe, an Omni resort at this point. Where is that Four Seasons or Omni? In what part of Southern California? The the Omni, it's uh, called La Costa Resort and Spa. I don't know if it's called that now. I'm sure it has La Costa in the name somewhere, oh, but wow. I'm sure there's some other. That's a very famous place. Yes, yes. That's a very, and we, they, you know, yeah, their spa was hot stuff uh, 30, 40 years ago. Yes, yeah, that's the one. <laughs> Yeah, a little before my time, uh, but yeah, it's uh, and you know all the while we saw the the Four Seasons Resort being uh, built up on the hill, and uh, and so when that opened, I went I well opened that hotel, worked there. And now actually, it's a Park Hyatt, uh, Park Hyatt Aviara, uh, but at any rate, that was Four Seasons prior to Hyatt. So, and so I went there, and then from there to to Hyatt in in High Regency La Jolla. Uh, many years ago, and from there, I've just I've been with Hyatt ever since. How did you wind up in Virginia? Well, this opportunity, I, I was assisting another hotel, uh, a very similar hotel called uh, Re- Hotel Revival in Baltimore, and their their, their uh, general manager was out on leave, so I went to, to assist there. Um, I was looking to get out of my previous position. It was a great position, but it's, it's one that you don't do forever, and I really wanted to get back into operating hotels. Um, so in, in Baltimore, uh, the Hotel Revival, I spent a couple of months there assisting and the director of finance there was uh, also director of finance of this hotel, so they complexed that, that function. And I learned about this hotel through her. And every time she spoke about Quirk, she kind of went into this happy place. And I, it just was intriguing to me. And, and I did a little research and uh, have, you know, wanting to, to do something a little different. Um, okay, I, I have to Virginia. jump in because we got to take a quick commercial break. We're going to come back and pick it up right there. Don't leave me. Stephanie Abrams here. It's Travel with Stephanie Abrams. On the line with me, live from Richmond, Virginia, at the Quirk Hotel. And that's Q-U-I-R-K, the Quirk Hotel. Uh, if you go to sabrams.net, s-a-b-r-a-m-s.net, you'll find a link to the website. So if you're busy up to your elbows in flour and butter and sugar, baking in your kitchen or you're driving... Um, or you're doing something really productive like cleaning a closet, uh, don't worry about writing things down. You'll find everything you need to learn more about our guests and programming for both radio and TV at sabrams.net. So, um, Nico Sherman, general manager, we left you off um, sliding out of food and beverage into being the general manager of the Quirk Hotel in Richmond. So where did you move from? Were you in Chicago at the point you moved to Richmond? Yes. Yes, in uh, Chicago. I was working downtown at, uh, yep, downtown Chicago. Wow. That's a big change. 
It, it is. Well, we spent a few years in Northern Virginia in the Richmond area uh, where I worked at a, at a hotel, the, Hy- the Hyatt Regency uh, Reston. Pardon me, in Reston, uh, Hyatt Regency Reston. That's by I'm, Dulles we were there Airport. For several years. Yeah, Reston is by Dulles Airport. So, uh, yes, yeah, there, yeah, exactly. So, yeah, would you, it's, uh, would you have seen... it's a neat area, great, great for kids. I've got a couple of kids, um, really enjoyed it. And we, we, you know, we were anxious to get back to Virginia. So this opportunity came up, um, Richmond is a really neat place, checks off a lot of boxes that were important to us. Great food and beverage. Um, you know, we're, we're very much outdoors people. There's, uh, there's great outdoors here, great mountain biking, uh, schools uh, where we live in the suburbs are very good. Uh, my son is a lacrosse player, and that's important. Uh, there's some good lacrosse here, so kind of checked off a lot of boxes. And uh, I really enjoy Richmond. It's, you know, it's 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 urban, but it's not a big city. Um, right. Well, it's easy to get around, and the traffic is is easy. The people are nice. It's uh, it has a lot of things that you want in a big city, and a lot of things you don't, or it does not have a lot of things you don't. So it really is a neat place. Uh, is a beautiful and historic city, and um, you are, you feel that you are in the South. There is a slower pace. There's also that kind of Southern hospitality that comes naturally. And um, yeah. I, mean, I was born in Baltimore, so you know, hearing you talk, I just mentioned Baltimore, you know, sets my heart to singing. Uh, but. Um, you know, when we used, when I was little, and I, you know, I am tall, so I don't know that I ever qualified as being little. <laughs> but in any event, <laughs> um, when I was, um, you know, preschool even, um, getting in the car and taking weekend trips just came naturally in my family. I think I learned to say bye bye before I learned to say mama or dada. and heading my mother there are two places that she loved to passionately love to go one was atlantic city new jersey and the and this well predates casinos people the attraction was the fresh air and the the salt air and the boardwalk and classy hotel and the other particularly I mean, there are many places in Virginia I remember going to as a child. But she loved the Shenandoah Valley, the Caverns of Luray, Front Royal, Virginia, that whole area. Oh, beautiful. Yeah. And so um, she was always drawn, you know, the ocean was Atlantic City. And inland, it was the Shenandoah Valley, Caverns of Luray area, and uh, Front Royal, Virginia, that whole area. That, that was her bailiwick and she had a sister living in Norfolk so sometimes we would head down that way and uh, of course we'd stop in Richmond on the way and you know I have childhood memories of of Richmond then you know people talked about those who homeschool their children um some who really had no understanding of what it meant to homeschool children and also had very negative persnickety kinds of remarks about homeschooling children and suddenly just about everybody in the world is homeschooling their children at the moment but (laughs) whatever degree of homeschooling you're into if you want your children to know about american history don't rely on a textbook or whatever lessons are online 
throw your family in the car and head for Virginia. And if you're going to do that, you're going to stop in places like Fredericksburg and uh, Jamestown and other places, Williams, uh, Williamsburg, Virginia. But you've got to go to Richmond. And so if you're going to go someplace, one of the important things you need to sort out, more especially today, you cannot rely on, you know, we'll go someplace, we'll drive around at 3 o'clock, we'll figure out where we're going to stay. Because we're going to pick out, pull out a little book with information from the glove box or get online and see who's got availability. No, 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 no. No, <laughs> no. That was never a good way, by the way, unless you were in love with a particular brand. But um, what you need to do is really check out where you're going to stay and make sure you have a reservation and make sure that they can give you the confidence to feel that you can entrust yourself and your family or your traveling companions to that establishment. So if you've just joined us, we're talking with Nico Sherman. He's the general manager of the Quirk Hotel in Richmond, Virginia, and at sabrams.net, s-a-b-r-a-m-s.net, you'll find a link to their website. You can get more details there. But let's talk, and remember, if you're just tuning in now, you missed a lot uh, of not just this hour, but other parts of today's show and more coming up. So if you can't be with us the whole time, know that you can go to sabrams.net and click on podcasts and you can download and take us with you uh, or go to any of your favorite podcasters. They all have our podcasts. As well as archive shows, you just click and stream live and you don't have to worry about downloading anything. So let's first of all get into the hotel. It's a city hotel. So it how many floors is it? Uh, it's, it's eight floors. Okay. And... Um, how many accommodations, sleeping accommodations, are there? Uh, 73. So um, are they all made for two people, or um, do do any of them accommodate families, for instance? Well, we do have some suites that connect, uh, you know, kind of with a parlor in between. So you'd have a king king room and then a parlor and then, uh, and then two... Uh, two queen beds attached. So, yeah, that usually uh, works out quite well for families. That does. That, that's nice. That That's that is the um, prescription from Stephanie Abrams or Dr. Stephanie Abrams, your travel doctor, for <laughs> avoiding confrontation, grumpiness, conflict and downright fights <laughs> for that. That are the. Um, often the result of being in close quarters for too long. <laughs> so that sounds like a very nice arrangement. What are you doing at your hotel to give confidence to your staff to come to work and feel assured that they're going to stay healthy and for guests to have the confidence to choose to come in the fairly immediate future as opposed to waiting until everybody in the nation has a vaccine uh, vaccination and you know the the numbers are sliding downwards rapidly instead of upwards in this covid um environment 
So we we've boy, I'll tell you, it, it's a long list. So if if I if I'm starting to ramble, just feel free to to, to cut me off. Um, to start with, we have become uh, GBAC certified. So that's the Global Bio Risk Advisory Council, uh, and it's an accreditation. Um, it's a basically a hygiene and wellness certification, uh, which is pretty expensive, pretty extensive. Uh, list of, of parameters to, to cover. So to start with, we're GBAC uh, star certified, which is it's kind of the gold standard in, in, the, in the facilities. Well, what are they looking um, for? What, what is it that you have to prove to them in order to get their gold star of approval? Well, we have to have a, a, a pretty exhaustive plan, which proves to them that we have a, basically an established uh, cleaning, disinfecting um, process uh, to prevent infectious disease. Um, we have to have the proper cleaning protocols, uh, as I said, disinfection uh, techniques, uh, and then just kind of the general work practices to, to keep our, our colleagues and our and our guests safe. Um, so, well, and of course, the processes that go kind of into that. Um, of course, we have sanitizer stations everywhere. Uh, we, we use nanoseptic covers which is um, kind of a neat technology. It, uh, it san self-sanitizes. There's stickers that you put on door handles and elevator buttons. Um, so, and with uh, light, they self-disinfect. It's kind of a neat technology. Wow. Uh, of course, we have you know very vigorous cleaning schedules. Uh, mask, face coverings are required. We've got the plexiglass uh, as well. And we're very fortunate, too, in that the... Well, when we first we were closed for a couple of months uh, when this first happened. We've, when we reopened, we uh, focused all of our food and beverage on our rooftop bar, um, which is a seasonal bar. But it was perfect because that was right when everyone was very, very concerned. Obviously, everyone's still concerned, but it was it was still new. No one really knew, you know, just the, how easily or how you know how you can get the the virus exactly. So at any rate, we had the rooftop open, which really proved to be. Uh, a, a really great way. We ended up doing it where we would do reservations up there, um, and you'd have an hour and 15 minutes. We redesigned all the food and beverage offerings, so everything took a lot less time uh, to, to, to be served, so then you spent your maximum time enjoying versus waiting in line for a drink uh, or something to eat. So it really worked out well. Uh, and since, you know, it's a seasonal thing, so now it's a little bit too chilly out there, uh, we have a beautiful courtyard with heaters and a fireplace, uh, so we have that. And then inside, um, we have socially distanced our entire dining room, which is part of the hotel lobby. Uh, 15-foot ceilings, it, it's, it's a vast open space with great air circulation. There's a space in between everything. Um, so we've really done a lot, not only from the kind of the cleanliness perspective, but also just from the, you know, the perspective of feeling good, uh, not feeling cramped and not when you're inside, you don't feel like you're, you're on top of other people. Um, and, and I will add, and boy, I hope I'm not uh, jinxing ourselves here, but we have had not one single outbreak, uh, of call within our, our colleague team population here at the hotel, not one. So our, our methods that are working uh, within ourselves. And so far we have not been made aware of any of our guests either. So we've really been fortunate and I think we've been effective in that regard. Um, did you ever see the movie Charade with, um, I have not. Aud you haven't, oh my gosh, it's a classic, 
Um, and you can find it, um, I, I think it's on even IMDb TV. It, it's free in case whoever you like to go to is charging for it. You probably can find it on Netflix. Uh, Charade with uh, Audrey Hepburn and um, Cary Grant. And it's kind of a romantic thriller kind of a movie. It starts out, it's very chic, fabulous costumes and beautiful scenery. It starts out in um, Montreux or Gestad or some ski resort in Switzerland. I'm going to pick it up on the other side because your terraces made me think of it. Don't leave me, people. We'll be right back to Stephanie Abrams. It's travel with Stephanie Abrams. On the line with me is Nico Sherman, the general manager of the Quirk Hotel in Richmond, Virginia. Um, it's a gorgeous, wonderful place. It is a wonderful place to base yourself if you are there for, or really for business or pleasure, because it puts you in a great spot to um, not have to change hotels every night and just, you know, base yourself in Richmond and like, spokes and wheels and hubs and whatever just travel out and travel back to whatever you want to do each day but i was mentioning the film charade which you really need to see if again if you've seen it one or more times it starts out at a ski resort in the alps in switzerland and they're sitting out on a terrace having lunch drinks whatever all dressed up in their gorgeous ski clothes and their fabulous muck-luck boots. And um, they're out on this terrace overlooking the mountains. Now, it was probably shot in a movie studio. <laughs> but, I, I, you know, I have been to places like that and even been there like Agui de Midi uh, in uh, Chamonix in the south of France. Um right at the border of France, Italy, and Switzerland. Argentière, Switzerland, and Mont Blanc is right there, um, and Agui de Midi, and you take a Teleferica cable car, it takes you from France into Italy, remember your passport. And um, there's a terrace there at La Mer de Glace. It's the Sea of Ice, it's a glacier. And there is this cantilevering terrace. And even in June, you better go there all dressed up, you know, warm like a bear because you're surrounded by ice from the glacier. So, um, you know, I could see where you could create uh, an atmosphere that's very, you know, chic and delightful. And, you know, with the addition of those 
kind of lantern-looking things that generate heat. They're either operated on electricity or propane tanks that are buried within. They look like street lanterns, but they radiate heat. Um, I once ate in a restaurant in San Diego, Chinese restaurant in San Diego with an outdoor patio. And the only place they had room when I got there was to eat on the patio. And it was in the 50s. It was cool out. And um, they said, don't worry, there's a heater next to every table. And I sat down and I was warm as toast. So, um, you know, there's something really charming about the quirkiness of being in an outdoor space when the normal air temperature at the moment is not the kind of temperature you normally want to be sitting outside for. But with, with proper clothing and some you know, infrared kind of heating going on somewhere uh, or propane heat lanterns that are about. And some of the places now have these individual heat, attractive, they look like little fireplaces that sit right on the table and keep everybody around the table warm and cozy. So uh, that's very cool. It is, and, you know, we do we do cinema nights out there as well, which is fun. We do movies, and people bring blankets, and and you know they're aware it's going to be cold, and they prepare for it, so it's not uncomfortable. I will tell you, we had Thanksgiving dinner. Only we had it early at like two in the afternoon, um, and we had New Year's Day brunch on the porch of my son's house outdoors. Oh, and nice. we were all socially distanced, and we set it up on the porch. In fact, um, uh, if it's not there already soon, the photos will be up at sabrams.net. Um, and, you know, we just dressed properly. We got lucky. It wasn't raining. Uh, the sun was shining. It was cold. But um, it was, you know, wasn't windy. So, you know, you didn't feel uncomfortable in any way. And we, the two of the most, listen, the pilgrims didn't go inside the dining room of some hotel. <laughs> they did their first Thanksgiving outside. So I felt, you know, we were really doing something historic. Uh, what is the message you want to leave about the Quirk Hotel in Richmond, Virginia with our listeners, Nico? Well, I'll say this. Uh, there's a lot to do here in Richmond. We have Class 4 rapids that go right through the city. Uh, there's uh, hiking, mountain biking, literally uh, very close by. Great food and beverage. We're a fantastic location uh, for drive-in markets. Uh, D.C. area, even New York. Uh, coming in from the south, from North Carolina, we're very close to, to everything. Uh, we have an art gallery, uh, which Cork actually started as an art gallery and uh, and grew into a hotel. So art is very much a part of our culture, very much a part of our brand. Will you come back um, again? Oh, it would be my pleasure, absolutely. I want thank to thank you. you for joining us today. Stay with me, everybody. We're going to the top of the hour news.